This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein back with you for an all-new edition of Phillies Today. Another week closer to pitchers and catchers as, believe it or not, we're less than a month away from spring training down in Clearwater. And, you know, after the football season we just watched unfold, after, you know, all we could talk about on the radio is, is Nick Sirianni staying? Is he going? What's going to happen with this front office? Yada, yada. I'm ready to get back to baseball, man. I am really excited to get back watching this baseball team soon. And uh, Rob Thompson spoke for the first time this week in a good while on Wednesday night. Uh, going to break down what I made of his comments and, you know, some of the stuff he had to say based on how he feels the team is going to play this year, what it's going to look like on opening day. So a lot of stuff to touch on there. Uh, has some notes from that, so I'll run through them for you guys. Uh, we'll get a little more into some free agency talk here and uh, give you whatever news I have in terms of, you know, if the Phillies will ever make a move again. And, you know, I asked Dave Dombrowski, I plead to him every week, to make a move so we can talk about on this podcast. And, uh, you know, he's not giving me much to work with, but, you know, Topper's comments this week uh, giving me something here. So we'll talk about that. I'll give you my notes and uh, where what I think they mean and, you know, how I think this Phillies team is going to start out on opening day once we get back up to Citizens Bank Park. So, yeah, we will then go from there. So want to talk about the Rob Thompson press conference. Rob Thompson Spoke for the first time in a long time on Wednesday at the ballpark. Had a little press scrum down there. And, you know, I believe and I thought he gave some pretty good insight on a few different things there. So we'll go over my little notebook here and uh, what I took away from Topper's comments if you you happen to miss the presser. Uh, So first thing was he pretty much uh, confirmed that Aaron Nola was this baseball team's priority this offseason. And he just talked about how excited he was that Aaron Nola is staying a Philly, how Aaron Nola is very excited that he is staying a Philly. And, uh, you know, he talked about how he himself personally sort of, you know, romanticizes some of the old school aspects of baseball. And uh, he talked about how when an athlete stays with a team their entire career, which, you know, Aaron Nola now has a chance to do. uh, If you think about it, not many athletes in Philadelphia have had the chance to, you know, have a legendary career and kind of stay in Philadelphia and, you know, once their career is over, you know, get the real recognition uh, of being a Philadelphia athlete that's been here for their entire career. And the reason I bring that up is we had the discussion on air. I was with Rob Ellis and Al Morgandy the other night, obviously talking about Jason Kelsey with the Eagles and, you know, him likely retiring after this year. And just the amount of Philadelphia legends, if you think about it, that have not retired in Philadelphia and haven't really gotten there just do. So, We'll be interesting to see if that ends up happening with Aaron Nola uh, over his career and if he ends up staying. So, uh, yeah, again, we brought that up because of Kelsey. And if you think about it, besides, like, Mike Schmidt, very few others. It's it's a very special thing to do to be able to 
stay for in one city for an entire career and kind of get your just due and get an ovation at the end of your career. So I was just thinking about that a little bit. But uh, Rob also made sure to confirm when talking about the Aaron Nola signing and just, you know, kind of the offseason in general and the lack of moves around, you know, this baseball team and around baseball, uh, made sure to bring up that pitching depth is still a priority for this team, starting pitching depth specifically. The uh, I will say, though, the talent level in which they fill that depth, uh, it definitely made it, he definitely made it seem like that is still up in the air. So, you know, even if they don't sign a Snell, if they don't sign a Jordan Montgomery, I'd still be very surprised if they didn't go after at least one more starter on the market. You know, whether it's a couple of the guys I mentioned or there's still guys out there, like the Hingen Ryu's of the world, the James Paxton's of the world, you know, even Jacob Junis, just off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure I'm in love with any of those options, but I would just be shocked at this point. And Topper backed it up by with his comments. I would be shocked if they didn't sign at least one more starter for depth purposes because he talks about throughout the course of a season, uh, and I think the Phillies got lucky in this area last year, you're going to have guys on the shelf. You're going to have guys that have heard. It just so happens that Wheeler and Aaron Nola have been two of the higher volume starting pitchers in terms of inning pitched over the past two years. But usually you're going to be using eight to nine starters throughout the course of a season just in terms of injuries and guys going on the shelf and whatever may happen. But uh, he spoke on just how important the depth is and being able to you know use that depth and having it get you through a season, not necessarily just having it in the postseason, which – now, we saw the Phillies last year, with especially their game four starter, when they started Sanchez and went to the pen early, the depth became a problem. But I'm still in favor of getting as high end of a starter as you can, getting a Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery here. But I would be truly, truly shocked if they didn't bring in at least one other starter, even if it's not one of those big names. So be sure to monitor that again. I don't know when it's going to happen. It feels like it's going to come down to March, like when they sign Castellanos potentially uh, to come to, or for these signings to come down. But we will see, and uh, that is kind of where he is at with the starting pitching and the depth at that spot. And then uh, Rob spoke on the bullpen for a little bit too and where he feels that group is at in terms of you know being ready for the season. I thought it was interesting how he basically said that he thought this bullpen is fine and constructed heading into the season, and I tend to agree for the most part. Like, I've seen – lists put out by different baseball outlets and different sources saying that you know, the Phillies might have the top bullpen in baseball heading into next year. And uh, if you have faith in Orion Kirkring being a legitimate guy right out of the shoot, I think that's a, a true statement. And I think Rob Thompson, his comments this week, uh, when he talked about Kirkring, made it seem like they have all the faith in the world in him, uh, whether that's in the closer role or just taking down high leverage innings. Yeah, that's fine. But I will say I still think bringing in a veteran right-handed arm would be very beneficial for this team if you can make it happen. And, you know, obviously, you know, Hector Neris, I was going to get to this later in the pod, but uh, I saw this week that Hector is trying to get like three years, 50 million or something, which it would be absolutely wild if he got that. I think he's been really good uh, over the course of his career, and especially since he's got the Houston Wonder World Championship down there. It was a big part of their team last year that got to the ALCS. So, Bring Hector back on over $16 million a year would just be absolutely insane. Like, go get yours, Hector, but there's no way he's getting that type of money here, especially considering that as constructed, this Phillies bullpen, I think, is undoubt- undoubtedly a top three group in the sport at this point. But uh, getting back to Kirkring for a second, if you think he is the guy 
uh, to potentially be the closer of this team or just be the high leverage right hand or reliever. You might not need to get, you know, a Robert Stevenson, but I really like him. And it's funny, I talked about Jordan Hicks last week, and I think San Francisco literally signed him like five hours later. So that was short lived. But they're trying to convert him back into a starter, apparently. And he got paid like it, $11 million a year, I believe. So, you know, now with that being a thing, I can understand why the Phillies didn't do that. But uh, Robert Stevenson is the guy that I like out there right now. And I know uh, John Morosi of MLB Network connected the Phillies to him earlier this week. So he would be an ideal high-leverage right-hander to throw in the mix right now if you can get him. Uh, would definitely be more of a 7th, 8th inning guy, and you would have Kirkering maybe locked down the closer spot, or you have Kirkering or Alvarado based on you know the matchups. If you get two lefties, you throw Alvarado in there. If it's a predominantly right-handed lineup, you throw Kirkering in there. Um, but yeah, now say they do nothing with the pen. They are just really going to have to rely on Kirkering right out of the chute. And Topper made it seem like there's pretty much no doubt that he'll be on the opening day roster. And then you still have guys in your organization like the Bilotti's, like the Brogdon's, who didn't have to use last year and were actually in AAA during the run. But you have them as insurance, and they've taken down big innings for you in the past for sure. And I think that they are still you know, capable guys out of your bullpen that you can bring up uh, as part of your opening day roster to start the year out. But my indication, though, right now is that Kirkering is going to become the closer of this team at some point. And Rob just repeatedly mentioned in this press conference how much he likes his stuff, how much he likes to swing and miss, uh, how much he you know, likes that he th- is able to throw strikes. And if they can get, it all comes down to if they can get his fastball to a place where they feel comfortable enough to throw it on a consistent, base, on a consistent basis, uh, you're going to see this kid turn into a stud. And yeah, he hit a bit of a speed bump during the postseason last year in Arizona, but this dude has the makeup of to be a potentially incredible reliever for this team for years to come and take down some really, really important innings next year. So uh, Kirkring definitely trending up as this offseason has gone along, and I expect him to be a really big part of this team and this bullpen next year and to, you know, again, possibly lock down that closer role at some point, if not next year, at some point in his career with the Phillies. So uh, switching gears a little here, something it- interesting that Rob talked about was this team getting off to a better start and how important that is going to be for this team, considering you know the Aprils and the Mays that they have had over the past two years. Now, even if this team was playing 500 baseball throughout the first two months of the last couple of years, you know we're talking about 9,500 win baseball teams here. Now, granted, Joe Girardi would have never been fired uh, if they had gotten off to a better start in 2022, and you know, who knows if the whole run happens in 22? Probably not, but... Now, Rob addressed that on Wednesday as well. And I will say, if I was a betting man, which I, which, which I am, but uh, if I had to predict uh, how the beginning of the year is going to go in 2024, I would really, really think they come a lot uh, out a lot faster than they have the last couple of years. He also mentioned that he thinks a lot of it last year had to do with the World Baseball Classic and that being a big part of it. And I know other teams had players there that, you know, hey, look, look at a team like the Mets. Uh, nobody felt the effects worse than them with Diaz going down and being done for the year. But the Phillies had, remember, three key guys in their starting lineup playing for Team USA in that tournament, and Schwarber, Real Muto, and Trey. And uh, all three of them got off to pretty slow starts last year. And uh, I think uh, Rob also, you know, starting fast this year, I think is more realistic just because you're going to be able to get these guys in a full, normal spring training. Because you know he said that, 
they admitted feeling a little behind the eight ball last year once they got the season going. And uh, so he'll be monitoring those guys very closely, I would think, once spring training gets going, if there's any difference there uh, for sure. I know Schwarber is typically a known slow starter, but you know he got off to a really bad start last year. Same with Real Muto, same with Trey. So I would be willing to bet my money on the fact that at least two of the three are, you know, you can never really predict when someone gets off to a good or a bad start, but I would be willing to bet that those guys get off to a little bit of a quicker start this year. And uh, also, by the way, switching a little bit here, uh, in terms of fatigue and guys lasting for a full year, which kind of relates to that, I'm still not sure I understand the whole Bryson Stott thing with him getting a little tired down the stretch over the last two years. And Rob threw it out to reporters again this week. And it's one thing that's kind of been really odd to me with this team over the past couple of years. And I just think that why is Bryson Stott, it seems like, getting tired at the end of seasons? Like last year, he gets off to the really good start, has that whole you know hitting streak to begin the year. And like Bryson Stott's 26 years old and in the youth of his career. I don't know if it's just always been something that's, you know, a little weird to me as opposed to maybe it's, I'm making too much of this, but I love Bryson Stott. And he played 151 games last year, which is great, posted. But he, when asked about his struggles at the end of the year and, like, he was expanding the zone and, you know, there's a lot more swing and miss there with Bryson. Like, he mentioned the fatigue and the tired thing first. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, this guy is young. He's there, – there's no reason why he can't be playing a full season like this. But – I will say, like, if it means anything, if you have to sit Bryson Stott sometimes next year in order to get a full season out of him and make sure he's good for a postseason run, like, I guess that's what you have to do. But he just needs to get some real sustained consistency at the plate throughout the year, and then he has a chance to become a legitimate all-star candidate. And I know MLB Network put out those top 10 second basemen, and Bryson Stott wasn't on there, which I thought was ridiculous, especially given the defensive metrics that we've seen from him. Uh, since he moved to second base last year. But Bryson Stott just needs to be able to get through a full year this year, be able to, you know, sustain the offensive success. Because, you know, if he plays the way he did in the first two months for the course of a full year, he's going to be an absolute stud in this league. And like I said, probably an all-star candidate uh, perennially here. So that's what I'm kind of worried about with Stott a little bit, just because they keep mentioning it. Like, I kind of forgot about it until Rob said something and just said, you know, I think he got a little fatigued down the stretch last year. He was just getting a little tired. Again, I know he played a lot of games, but 26-year-old second baseman, you'd hope that he is able to, you know, sustain his play and not fatigue down the stretch, especially if, if you're making long postseason runs like the Phillies have the last couple of years. So that was where I'm at with Bryson Stott and what Rob Thompson talked about with him. The last really big thing that Rob touched on in the presser this week, and, you know, he addressed the outfield and what that could look like throughout spring training and on opening day in a couple of months. And at least in my eyes, what I got from Topper is that they love Rojas. They love what he presents defensively, of course. But the question is, would it be more beneficial for him to go start the season in AAA? Like Rob said, would he better be better off going to, Le- going to Lehigh Valley, getting 300 quality at best start the season, you know, rather than starting up with the big club and getting limited at-bats, maybe struggle during that time offensively because, you know, you know what he's going to give you in center field. That's not a question. He is going to be a plus-plus defender. Uh, he tracks balls better than probably most center fielders in baseball right now, if not all of them. Uh, and as an extremely young player, that's something that, you know, can't be overlooked. But 
if you think this guy is part of your immediate future, which I think that they think he is, uh, then do you have to do what's best for Johan Rojas, the guy, right now? And that might be having him start the year in Lehigh Valley. And that's kind of what Rob indicated, that that is definitely a strong possibility there with Johan Rojas really struggling down the stretch in the postseason last year. But it did work in the month of September, I will say. So uh, not exactly sure what their plan is yet. I think they're kind of just going to play it by year, spring training, see where he's at offensively. I know he's been down at the complex putting in work. Uh, saw him and JT Romuto were in the cages uh, the other day. Uh, Johan Rojas posted something on social media. So good to see that they're already back, getting some swings in, down there in Clearwater. And uh, I expect Johan Rojas to really make a big, big, big-time effort in uh, improving his offensive game. So we'll see what happens there. But my only pushback on Rojas starting in AAA would be you then have to sign a veteran right-handed outfield bat before the season starts because – I don't feel comfortable, and I don't think you can go into this year with, and say Rojas in AAA, with Pache and Cave being your two options to play aside Marsh and Castellanos. Like, Harper's not moving back to the outfield from first base, so I don't want to hear that anymore. But I feel like, especially with Rojas possibly starting down AAA, there's no harm in bringing in, and I saw Adam Duvall's rumored, I think the two teams, the Red Sox and the Angels, are pretty much the two teams in on him at this point, but bringing in Adam Duvall or bringing in a Jorge Soler to come in here and be the opening day left fielder while you wait for Johan Rojas in the wings there. But uh, I think when you have Rojas, it's also a good thing to have options because Marsh can obviously play at any of the outfield spots and then you can sure up the defense with Rojas out there and you still, with the signing you make, have a reliable right-handed veteran bat off the bench if you need it. And that's something the Phillies also, you know, really lacked last year, especially once it got down to game six and seven of the National League Championship Series. And, uh, you know, Topper kind of indicated that, like the bullpen, he'd be okay if this current situation was the situation heading into the year. But if a cheapish veteran, like the couple of guys I just named is there, then I think it would be foolish not to go get some more depth uh, and insurance of that position because of what we saw from Rojas in the postseason last year. And uh, as, as we know, there are still plenty of guys out there. It feels like maybe you know, 20 to 30 percent of the free agents have signed, and there are just so many guys out there on the market. And we'll see. At this point, I'm not even going to ask for a sign from Dave Dombrowski. I just I won't expect it. And whenever it happens, you know, when the signing happens, it might be my Philly, favorite Phillies Today podcast I've ever recorded to this date. Just considering. <laughs> We have been talking about these rumors and reports for like two months now. I, no, I'm just glad Topper spoke this week because you know, if he didn't, I, I genuinely might not have an idea of what we were going to talk about this week. So, But again, right-handed outfield bat would love it. And hey, yeah, I might get so desperate at this point that I might say bring back Reese Hoskins. Have him go 2018-style Gabe Kapler playing left field now. But I we're still wonder where Reese is going to end up. It really feels like Chicago or Seattle are the last two places, but... I hope Reese ends up in a good spot. And, you know, again, I've mentioned how much of a Reese Hoskins fan I am on this podcast, but uh, we'll really be watching Reese next year, seeing what he does. And I always just try to find a way for him to wind up back on this roster, but I struggle. But, hey, he did talk about Kyle Schwarber doing some speed and agility drills this offseason. So maybe there's a chance we see him back in left field at one point. I don't think so, but he Topper mentioned it. So, the last thing uh, he really talked about that's worth mentioning, and you know, he was asked about you know, how he currently, speaking of Kyle Schwarber, 
looks at the leadoff spot and that this may be the most, also, just by the way, this might be the most dumb fought over thing in Philadelphia over the past couple of years. And Rob said pretty much what every logical person thinks with this, with this situation here. He said they have options to lead off between Schwarber, Trey, Stott, all these guys. But the simple fact is that this team has won a ton of baseball games with Kyle Schwarber batting leadoff. And I personally would not expect that to change in 2024. You know, is there a world where Kyle Schwarber struggles out of the gate like you know he has in some previous seasons in Philadelphia? He's, we know the story of June Schwarber, but you know April and May Schwarber has not been as good. Uh, his OPS down, I know, way down uh, aside from June. I know, you know, it's him and Babe Ruth in the month of June in terms of OPS numbers, but he struggled in April and May. There's no doubt about it. And in the world where he does struggle, could I see Trey sliding into that spot early in the year if he's you know not going well? Absolutely. But uh, I still think that if they were to play a game tomorrow, Kyle Schwarber would be the leadoff hitter for this team just because of the success of the track record that not only Kyle Schwarber has had in that spot, but that the Phillies have had in that spot as well. Um, he said there were, he like I said, he's been on an off-season program where he's working on his speed and his quickness a little bit, you know, which could maybe indicate that they could throw him in the left field on the occasion. Uh, no fans wouldn't love that. No, I wouldn't love that. But uh, Schwarber has been great for this team at a leadoff spot. You need him in the lineup any way you can. Finished with 47 homers, over 100 RBI last year. OPS plus of 122, meaning he's, well above average offensive player, and you know, plus the on base numbers, they're they're really undeniable. The dude had a 3.43 on base percentage when batting under 200. For goodness sake, so that is where he's at with Schwerber in the leadoff spot, and where I'm kind of at. And I just miss. Take uh, one second, close your eyes. Well, not if you're in the car. Only close your eyes if if you're able to close your eyes real quick. Don't you just miss? It's a nice warm June night. You're at Citizens Bank Park. You just sat in your seat after you sat in some traffic and you're ready to watch a good baseball game. Kyle Schwerber comes up to lead off for you and he just hits an absolute moonshot into the second deck. Like, I missed those Kyle Schwerber leadoff home runs so much. Like, there was never a better way to get your night going, get your Phillies watching experience going than seeing Kyle Schwerber hit a leadoff home run. And, you know, he's just, I know he's so flawed and, there, there's going to be people who always say that, you know, Kyle Schwerber is not a leadoff hitter. He's, you know, not a good baseball player because he's hitting under 200. Kyle Schwerber is such a special baseball player. And I just want to make sure that people don't forget that. I mean, the dude is just, he's one of the most unique leadoff hitters you will ever see. I mean, he went yard 11 times to lead off a game last year, which, you know, led the majors, you know, easily. Uh, I think, uh, or, Mookie Betts also might have been up there. I don't know if he led the majors easily. But to have your leadoff hitter go yard 11 times, give you a one nothing lead, uh, there's nothing like it. And that's the best leadoff you can get with a one nothing lead. So excited to watch Kyle Schwerber again. Excited to watch this baseball team again. And I'm just really, really looking forward to this season. We're almost a month away, or we are less than a month away from spring training. So really looking forward to getting back down there and just seeing – uh, what this baseball team is going to be like, because there's no doubt about it. Rob Thompson talked about it. Uh, they're still stinging from what was ends up pretty being a pretty embarrassing loss in the National League Championship Series. Not maybe as bad of a collapse as the Philadelphia Eagles. That's debatable, though. But uh, <laughs> a collapse nonetheless. So uh, they're gonna. They've had the most postseason wins, he said, over the past two years. But 
At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you need to win a championship if it's going to mean something in the future. So those were Rob Thompson's comments, just some more free agency talk there and you know where I'm at with the lineup as well. And uh, yeah, I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to, topper-wise and free agency-wise. So that will do it for another edition of Phillies Today. Thank you again for tuning in as we get closer and closer to spring training baseball. And you know, as my weekly regimen says, we need to ask Dave Dombrowski politely, Dave, we know you listen to the podcast. Please make a move. Like We want to get excited about something here. I would love to do a pod about a free agent signing and dedicate a full 25 minutes to it. So, Dave, if you're listening, please, man, <laughs> please. So for Phillies 24-7, this has been Justin Morgenstein. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.